Welcome to the story behind her success with Candy O'Terry, presented by Boston Women in Media and Entertainment. If you want to get someone's attention, just tell them a great story. That's what this show is all about. Hi, it's Candy O'Terry, and we're on the road in this episode of the story behind her success. We're in Palm Springs, California, in the spotlight singer, songwriter, actress, and new mom, Mary Bridget Davies. Her incredible performance as Janis Joplin in the Broadway musical A Night with Janis Joplin earned her a Tony Award nomination. And this is a glimpse into her success story. We settled in to a mansion up in the hills in the mountains of Palm Springs to talk about her life. Welcome in. Oh, Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? My friends all drive Porsches. I must make amends. Worked hard all my lifetime. No help from my friends. So, oh, Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? <laughs> That's Woo! <laughs> So it's a new friendship, but it feels like I've known you for a long, long time. Can you tell us a little bit about your childhood, your parents, where you grew up? Let's go back. Yeah. I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio. Well, it's a west side suburb of Cleveland, Ohio, uh, Fairview Park. And um, my parents were baby boomers. My father was a musician, you know, architect, developer, and all that good stuff, but at heart a musician always. And uh, my mother was one of the biggest appreciators of music, and she had a wonderful voice. She's a nurse, though. Uh-huh. And... We had that Macintosh sound system and the reel-to-reel, and they had the best record collection in the world, and I was listening to blues and soul records before I could walk. And it really made a difference in the fabric of who I am as a person and as vocalist. You know, wow, really. so your, your dad was a musician. So did, is yeah. that how he earned his living, too, or was it um, something no, he did just, on the it, side? Well, I mean, yeah, they got paid, you know, but he, it was when he was in his 20s. You know, he was working for my grandfather and, and everything else, but then he had a band called Labyrinth. You know, and he was the front man. He was the vocalist. And yeah, so that's kind of funny. Cool. Yeah. Do you remember the first time you ever sang in front of somebody? I remember being very little and in choir. My teacher would always have to like hide me because I was like, there's no business. Like, you know, I was the big, big loud, voice. big voice. And yeah, just and I remember it was so young. You know, the first time I ever sang with a band my godfather is a musician. He was in my dad's band. So, I mean, they'd play house parties. You know, my sister's graduation party. I'm eight years old. I'm up there singing backups to, like, Joe Cocker songs and stuff. So, yeah, it's been it's been the whole my whole life. So you've never known a shy moment? You know, I do in real life. I am a reserved person. If you don't know me or what I do, like, I'm a please and thank you head down person at the grocery store kind of, you know, but when I'm in my element... I, you know, let it all hang out. But yeah, a little reserved uh, when I'm uh, incognito. I have learned that particularly for people with a gift, a talent, and we're going to get way into all the things you've done with your career, but you kind of need somebody to be your biggest fan, somebody who believes in you. Yeah. Who was that person? Oh, well, my mom. Oh, yeah. She would make me practice and everything, you know, because I was the kid that had the talent, but not so much the discipline. You know, and, uh, you know, my mom wanted me in vocal lessons and things like that. And my dad's like, why, Mary? They're just going to teach her how to sing like everybody else, you know. So he appreciated my free-spiritedness more, and mom was the whipcracker butt 
she was always there and always encouraging me, you know. Why the blues? Was there an emotional connection? It was an instant, like I said, I didn't have a choice. Like I was listening to it before I was making memories. And I think it just soaked into me like osmotically. Like it was like, well, this is you. This is, as I say, you know, I've developed my gift, but it was a gift indeed. It's like when I was born, God kissed me on the forehead and said, singing, that's what you'll do. You know, <laughs> it just, it, it was unavoidable. So you did always know what you wanted to do with your life. Yes, and I did everything else before because I was so scared. Like, what if I'm really not that good? You know, in my early 20s, I was like, everybody, oh, Bridget, you're, you're such a good singer. I'm like, well, what if I have to put it to the test? And people are like, mm, you're average at best. So when I went to college, I was in the Model UN and on the debate team, and I was on crew. I was a completely different person. But it didn't matter because every second it got to like lift its little head up in my subconscious it was like so are we done pretending and not being authentic to ourselves and finally when I was uh 22 I was like all right let's do this so you went to Kent State mm -hmm. and then you transferred to Bowling, Bowling Green, Green State University yes. tell me what college was like for you oh it was a party I was completely <laughs> irresponsible. That's why I went to Bowling Green. My parents, I, they have this thing called freshman forgiveness where if you failed or did miserably, which I did miserably, my first semester, they would let you stay and repeat your classes. So you'd only be a semester behind, which really, as an adult and in hindsight, that's not a lot of time. It's like six months. You really wouldn't have been behind. And my mom's like, no, you're coming home. You are starting over again, and you're getting away from that school and its rep. It didn't matter where I went. I was, it was me. So were you a music major? What were uh, you? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And perform, per, per, the performing arts. And I had a minor uh, in Spanish because I was actually fluent. My high school boyfriend, uh, he was related to the uh, players on the Cleveland Indians, and I got to watch their kids during the games at the – it was then Jacobs Field. Now it's Progressive Field. But uh, – yeah, so I was, like I said, I was trying to set myself up to be a completely different person. So do you speak Spanish fluently? I hear it fluently now, but I'm too shy to speak it, which is stupid. But if you know, like you give me a couple of cocktails, uh, I can I can be just, because it's all it is. It's the it's the judging yourself. It's yeah. all there. You're like, hard on yourself. I am, I'm super hard, for sure. Yeah. It, like when we were in Mexico, actually, and I was a kid, you know, and um, well, I'm mean, like teenager. And we were down there for vacation and uh, we were trying to get in this club. And the, the doorman, I'm just talking to him in Spanish, and he's like, soy mexicana, and I'm like, I'm from Ohio. Oh, my. That's one of my favorite memories. Because I'm like, I'm snowing a local person. That's amazing, you know. But now I just, I'm too scared. Yeah. Well, you were talking about some other things you were thinking about doing. You were doing the debate team, and everything always came back to the music. But yeah. I did read somewhere uh -oh. that you worked for UPS. And if I ever need a box packed, oh, that is, I'm calling you. You better know. If you need it, hoist it up. A, a, a giant here's what happened so I quit school I'm like I want to do music but my parents are like good well you're gonna have to get a job you know we're not gonna just you know let that happen so I said okay and um I said I'll work at UPS because it's from 3 a.m to 9 a.m so I could still like go to school part-time you know I was still trying to please them and myself you know and uh then I was in an improv comedy company too, and uh, so Second City, right? I, I did Second City okay. in uh, the Chicago and Cleveland. Uh, I took the classes there, but it was called Something Data, and they're still together. And and I go play. You know, we have anniversary. You know, uh, a show every fall, and I go back and play, which is awesome. But my package truck was for a. 
industrial parkway, which had gateway computers, sent us uniforms. So everything was so heavy. It was Did awful. you get buff? I got super ripped. Well, I was already on crew, so I had legs for miles, and this helped with my back and my arms. Yeah. So, yeah, I was pretty, I was pretty jacked. Yeah, there's pictures of me, and it's funny. I'll be in a tank top, and I'm, like, turning and looking, and it's just, like, muscles. Yeah. It's cool. Even a job as a UPS worker has benefits, It does have benefits. Yes, it did. But, you know, it also keeps you humble. I mean, you know what it feels like to work on a UPS job. A grind. Yeah. 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 You are too young to have experienced the phenomenon that was Janis Joplin. Yes. So how did you come to know her music and to love it like you do? Well, my parents, and it was, like I said, it was always on. You know, my mom loved Janis. Dad liked her. He loved, you know, the rock and roll and stuff, but that was definitely mom's thing. And uh, I just remember we were doing Peace of My Heart, I think, listening to it. We were doing, now that's my life. We were doing it. Now <laughs> we were listening to it. And I remember that scream at the end. I was jumping. We had a green corduroy couch. And I was jumping on the couch and screaming along to it. And there's just been kind of like an invisible attachment to her. I can't, I can't explain it. But it's been my whole life. And I didn't... My singing voice is pure. You know, my normal singing voice, uh, it's more of a soul, you know, like a blue-eyed soul kind of voice, I guess. And... Uh, but I would be listening along and like trying to emulate, and I didn't even have to try. It just happens. It was like, almost I, like a switch. Yeah, it really is. And seeing you on stage is like seeing you transform yourself yeah. into Janice Janice Joplin. <laughs> That's so cool. So it and it is. It's just so amazing. So let's go back to two thousand seven. Yeah. Okay. Love Janice. Oh yeah. Tell us about that audition. Man, I was so scared because here's the thing, I had started. A course, an online correspondence with Sam Andrew from Big Brother and the Holding Company, which I had, he had his email address right there on the website, totally transparent dude, he would field emails from anyone, and of course lots of us were like up and coming singers, like hey if you ever need a singer, ha ha ha, right, my mother told me, she goes see if he has a P.O. box or something, because I dressed as Janice for Halloween, and it was at a gig, and, and uh, she's like, she wrote on the back of it. She goes, so are you ready for me now? And I didn't know that. You know what I mean? And she did that. She did that. And that was 2002. And uh, so he and I had been kind of just sending an email once a month or something up until then. And then he, he had plucked me out and said, listen, Love Janice is coming to Cleveland. I'm the musical director. He goes, I need two guitarists and a trumpet player. And my trumpet player and bandmate at the time, um, co-band leader Christine Jackson, uh, was a trumpet player and Ben Nieves was my guitarist and my cousin Mark McGuire was so good and, I, and he was young and I was like you know let's get him in there and I was like when do we start and Sam's like well you still have to audition for the director so I gave up my band you know how screwed I would have been <laughs> if they got the gig and I'm sitting there like well I gotta find a bunch of new people like so it was super sacrificial and I, I literally put all my eggs in that basket I'm like man if this doesn't happen I'm screwed and it was great because uh I'm a cheery person, and when I'm nervous, I'm, I want to please everybody, you know, and we go into peace in my heart, and I'm singing it, and I'm screaming my head off and stuff, and Randy Myler, the director, goes, that was great. Could you stop smiling? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, let me get in character, too, but yeah, uh, I went through it and had to go, come back, call back, call back, call back all week, and then finally I got it. And so you got the role in yeah. Love, Janice, yes. and you toured with that for how long? Tell us on what that was off, like. Geez, on and off for six years. 
That's a long time to be singing Janis Joplin. Yeah, songs. and then I got the other show, so it's been a long time. That's right. Yeah. So I want to ask you the singer's question because that's what everybody wants to know, I think. And that is, you were just talking about, you know, peace of my heart. You're up on the couch, even as a little girl, you're screaming when she gets into it. Janis Joplin, it was like she lived her vocals on the ceiling. Yes. How do you take care of your voice? It's magic. I'm telling you, I just have been doing it so long and I do it. I'm a professional singer. It's what I do. And I've just conditioned myself. It's like a long, you know, marathon runner or a triathlete. You know, I've just conditioned myself physically to be able to take the the brunt of it. But the thing of it is, is Janice had tricks and I found them. Oh, and I can't explain it and I can't teach them to you. You know what I mean? But it's like I can do this thing where I tell myself in my brain to flip the voice to my ears. It makes no sense. But and then that's how I get some of those ah, the, the high, the thready. Because really? yeah. you're visualizing where that note is it, coming right. from. And exactly. Some of those crazy notes come from your ears. Yeah. Some of those crazy notes actually come from my ears. And, oh, uh, boy. And, uh, you know, because if you're just a blowhorn. And you're just belting from you your throat two gigs. one gig. Yeah. And then the other one would be painful. You'd do it, but it would be awful. Please support our sponsors. They make this show possible. What do you do when your home computer experiences some kind of a breakdown? Maybe you're working from home, you're on a deadline, you're freaking out, right? Not good. Hey, I've been there before, but not anymore. Here's what I do. I call tech help Boston, 781-484-1265. They are the best. They'll come to your home or help you remotely. Here's the number, 781-484-1265. Tell them Candy O sent you. Thank you so much for listening to the story behind her success with Candy O. Terry in the spotlight. Singer, songwriter, actress, and new mom, <laughs> Mary Bridget Davies. Her incredible performance as Janis Joplin in the Broadway musical A Night with Janis Joplin earned her a Tony Award nomination. And this is just a glimpse into her success story. <laughs> so we've gotten all the way to love Janis. Yes. You tour with Big Brother and the holding company. I got to go oh to my Europe. God. I got to go to Europe so many, like literally like five times, which there was no way in my 20s that I was going to be going you couldn't have told me as a kid, you know those records you listen to? Well, you're going to be fronting that band and they're going to be taking you all over the world and they're going to be paying you for it. Here's I would have laughed. Here's the thing that I need to ask is mm -hmm. when you're performing with Big Brother and the Holding Company yeah. and you're singing a Janis Joplin song mm -hmm. and the band is all around you and lifting you up and taking you places, you must really have felt like... Literally in her shoes. Yeah. The first time I sang with them, it was at this dive bar in Hamilton, Ohio, or I can't even remember. It was it was in the sticks, and like I said, uh, Sam and I had been uh, emailing, and uh, I said, "Hey, you're actually." They were going up to Sturgis, and I was like, "Hey, you're actually going to be playing close to my house. I'd love to meet you." And he's like, "Yeah, bring your parents." Like I said, I was young. I was like 21 or two, and uh, he's like, "Okay, well, yeah, maybe we'll get you up for a song, you know." And I'm freaking out. He's like, well, do you know Bobby McGee? like, doesn't every chick singer know Bobby? Like, and he thought that was endearing, that I was like speaking his language and not being like, oh, yeah, whatever. And um, he, I, I met the band, and uh, Lisa Mills, who's fantastic also, um, she was fronting the band at the time, and 
now that I've been in her shoes, because I was like, she going to be offended if I if I sit in or, you know, because I don't I didn't under I was so green. And now I know she was like, no, please, thank God, like, come. I'm going do, to the bathroom I'm, and I'm yeah. going to get a nice big glass of water while you're up there. Thank you very much. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so we do uh, Bobby McGee and it was it was uh, Dave Getz on drums, Peter Albin on bass, Sam Andrew on guitar. And uh, they had a rhythm guitarist and I believe it was Tom Finch at the time. And uh, I turned around to Peter and I said, how is that? And he goes, that was eerily familiar. That was his response. And I was like, I felt blessed. Like I felt touched. Like I made it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they accepted me. And then, and then we became bandmates, you know? You know what's really interesting about your story, Mary, is that it honestly feels like from a very young age, you were set on a path mm-hmm. to do what you are doing. Yeah, I'm very lucky. I do what I love to do for a wow. living. Yes. Broadway. Unbelievable. Wow, wow, wow. It was something that I always wanted, like, because I was in competitive dance as a kid. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I forgot to mention yeah, that. You're, so, you're a triple threat. I'm a triple threat. Singer, actress, dancer. Yeah. Show off. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I'm like, watch me do a cartwheel, Candy. Let's go. Yeah, I was that kid. I was the look what I can do kind of kid. So and, love Janice turns into a night with Janice Joplin. Right. It's, I said to myself, you know, I'm going to hang up my Janice jersey. This was in about 2010. And I said, because if I don't be myself, I'm only just going to be known as that Janice girl. And so I moved to Kansas City, and that's where I recorded that album, Want to Feel Something, and wrote with my band, most dynamite band in the land. I loved those guys. And it just, I couldn't escape it. It's like the mob. Janice is the mob to me. Just when I thought I was out, she pulls me back in, you know. Mm. And uh, I got a Blues Music Award nomination and a couple, I think, a a Blues Blast and all these different, you know, the Sean Costello Rising Star Award nomination, all these things for me, for Mary Bridget Davies writing her own songs, singing in her own voice. And that got me on the map of the blues circuit. And we were playing festivals, and it was amazing. But then I get this email, because everybody that, if there's anything that happens with Janis Joplin, somebody tells me about it. It could be a stranger. It doesn't matter. But I got an email that says, hey, there's a show going on in Portland, Portland, and it's called One Night with Janis Joplin. And you need to find out how you audition. It's coming to the Cleveland Playhouse, like da-da-da-da. So I found the breakdown I found Randy Johnson's email address somehow. I don't even remember how I did that, frankly. If someone gave it to me, maybe Michael Joplin. Because I'm friends, you know, I, I, I'm uh, close with Laura and Michael Joplin, too. By that point, because of Love, Janice. Which is Laura's book, which I just narrated this summer for the audiobook. And it's Janice's birthday was yesterday, and it gets released this week. So She would have been 75 se- yes. years and, old. Yes, and she deserved to be here. Yeah. I really think, you know, there's so much that... I feel like I'm getting these accolades that really belong to her. Let's talk a little bit about the fact that you know the family now. Yeah. And they cared enough to want to know you because you are standing up there singing right. their sister's songs. They're right? so great. Yeah. They're lovely people. You know, Janice was a lovely person too. She had manners and grace and everything, you know. She was rock but she was by herself. She was a kid. You've got to remember. Like who how did you behave when you were in the absence of your parents when you were 23, 4, 5? Well, guess what? Now we're going to throw a bunch of money at you. Um, a counterculture to spearhead. And we have no data on the effects of drugs and alcohol really yet. I mean, come on. It was the best of times and you know, the worst of times. I but. read somewhere, too, that she said something like, you know, I have so much inside me. Yeah. And I just got to get it out. Yep. Yes. 
that sounds like her music, doesn't it? it completely. Just that it's um, urgent. There was always an urgency yes, yes, to yes, her that yes. I that I love living in when I get to do it. It's 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 wild. It's fun, but it's hard to stay there. She wasn't. De- it, you know, it's hard. I'm like, she deserves to be here at 75 years old. But then again, I don't think the fragile 27 year old Janis Joplin would have been able to cope with coming down from that fame because everybody comes down eventually. You don't stay the number one rock star forever. You get older, you have a family or not. You know, or you just you settle down with somebody or you get fat, whatever. I mean, life or happens. You have to your you. time. Yeah. You and have then your it's time, over. And then it's over. I had the chance to watch you perform here in Palm Springs. Yeah. And by the way, we're sitting here in Mary's gorgeous bedroom, by the yes, way, in yes. this lovely house <laughs> where you're about to perform for all the muckety mucks in Palm Springs that's, tonight. That's right. That's right. And you just appeared at a benefit in Palm Springs called Icons and Legends. It yes. was fantastic. Thank and I you. so enjoyed watching you on stage. You were transformed. Mm-hmm. And I guess what I want, I want to know was, how did it feel to perform with other people who were also channeling artists? Oh, I mean, it's there was so much fun channeling uh, Freddie Mercury yeah. and Prince and George Michael, and, and yet you need to be yourself too, you right? Do, because that's what made those people who they were. So it's not being an impersonator. That's something some, you know, I've been quoted as, you know, the best Janis Joplin impersonator. I'm like, oh, help me. That is not what's going on here. I don't want that title. (laughs) But no, it's great because, you know, you fly in, you meet these new people, like, because we all just sort of gravitate around each other. You know, there's the postmodern jukebox people like Von Smith and then Rahelio Douglas Jr. He's the Broadway guy. Jake Simpson, he was the star search guy that's in like everything and doing run running the world they're all doing it and then I'm over here the rock and blues queen diva Broadway Janice girl and then we all get in the room and it's like we've known each other forever wait repeat that one more time I can't even repeat I don't even know what I said (laughs) that was awesome I don't know what I said you (laughs) you uh have sung these these songs night after night Mm -hmm. year after year Mm -hmm. what's the best one what's the one you love the most oh fall and chain yeah because I can put me into it I can put whatever's going on in my life and dump it into that song, and it's like therapy. Can you just sing me one line of that song? Oh, yeah. Sitting down by my window, just looking out at the rain. It's just, oh, oh. it's so eerie. You see, that's a story song. It, oh, it cool. paints it's a the picture. Blues. It's a big Mama Thornton song. The Janice made a psychedelic rock smash hit with Big Brother and the Holding Company. So you talked a little bit about your band. Yes. The Mary Bridget Davies Band. Mm-hmm. What's next for you? Well, I leave here. So I, I go, I do a concert tomorrow night in San Pedro. And then I leave Palm Springs at, you know, six in the morning to red eye it back to Cleveland to hold my son for about 14 hours. And then I'm on a plane doing a developmental lab for a new Broadway show for two weeks out in New York City. That's pretty exciting. It's super exciting. It's so nice to be like, like I had my son, we had the holidays, and now it's like back to work it, because I've missed it so. But now it's a totally new balance and you know, figuring that out. Like, I'm super happy to be here, but I just want to be home. Let's talk a little time. bit about your son. And thanks yeah. for mentioning no, him. No so he's seven weeks old, eight weeks eight. old, eight yes. weeks old. Yeah. How did becoming a mom change you, Mary? It gave me a calm that I didn't have. I've been a vagabond, nomad, gypsy, blues singer, just crashing on couches and living in different cities for shows and just a free spirit you know and uh luckily 
my boyfriend Rick has put up with it for it'll be five years in March that we've been together so he's been with me since before Broadway he's seen it all the ups and the downs and the real downs when we closed Broadway I wasn't ready for it and he was there to pick me up and everything but Miles has given me belief in myself and a, and a stillness that wasn't I've been like a pretty frenetic energetic kind of crazy scattered person one of my favorite questions to ask uh, was answered by a dear friend of mine this way the question is what is mother love and she said the porch light is always on yeah that makes perfect sense what is mother love to you it's I feel complete that's what it's just it doesn't matter what I want or need I don't want or need anything I have it and it's all about whatever he wants or needs yeah I mean he's such a baby I'm figuring it out but so far it's like oh yeah no he's first what if he wants to be a musician oh man well I have already started his Gerber baby grow up life plan and his college fund so I will secretly hold on to that because I know how broke he will be because if he's anything like his mom he's not gonna stop what is it about you that has kept you working hard doing what you're doing, loving what you do. Yeah. What is it? There's it's a, a passion there. Yeah, it's an it's just it's like an unrelenting passion. Like I can't settle. I won't settle. There've been many times, you know, and I and I say this with and I mean it in the nicest way. Lots of real nice suitors in my 20s that would have made real good house husbands. That's why I say it's house husbands because I always become the boss. Like I can't. You know, they'd be the, you know, I'd be living in this house, let's say it that way but I'd be miserable inside and I can't settle. You need more. I need more. Sometimes you have to admit that, right? And, it, and I'm not, and I haven't been ashamed to admit it. It just is what it is. And you know, Rick gets it, which I appreciate because otherwise he <laughs> would be in the rear view mirror too. It's, it's impossible to sacrifice that. What do you wish when you first got started on this journey? What do you wish you knew? There are lots oh, of lessons. Aren't oh, there? oh, 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 Always get it in writing. <laughs> it doesn't matter. No handshake over a drink in a bar over the, at the end of the night, you know, with the because you're so green and you want to please everybody, and the eyes are wide shut. You, you're just whatever you need. I'll be there. I'll do. Sure, I'll drive my own car. You don't have to provide me with a vehicle. You know, there's just because you're so of, hungry, right? Yes, yes. And there's just so many sacrifices that I made that I didn't have to. We came to know one another through uh, a rising star in the Boston area. Yes. Her name is Kelly McIntyre. My girl. And she is now playing the lead. Yeah. The Janis Joplin lead in, in A Night, night yep. with Janis Joplin. Yes. She's 23 years old, and her mom's a dear friend of mine. It's so great. Why did you mentor her? Why did you take her under your wing? I just How saw myself. How important is that? I just saw myself. You know, you, doing Janis and being in this weird boutique kind of position that I am you see a lot of women come and go that like herald themselves like the Janis Joplin of their wherever they're from or this that the other thing I never wanted to be pigeonholed and pinned down to that's the Janis girl like I said but it just is what it is and I have graciously accepted it now but when I saw Kelly I'm like nope she's I mean this in the nice way so she's crazy like me you know she's got the fire and you need that. You cannot fake Janice. You either have that kindred spirit there or you don't. And she's got it. What's the best piece of wisdom you've ever gotten? Oh, my gosh. Maybe you could pass it on it's to a, a young singer who's well, listening to us. You know, us. and it sucks because it's Janice. 
And it's don't compromise yourself. You're all you've got. And I expanded that. You never know when, a, like I said, like a bank account or a rich spouse is going to run out on you. You know, you can, you can never, and not to say don't trust people or don't love or anything, but you always need to look out for number one. And there were a lot of times when I was coming up that I wasn't looking out for myself and a lot of detours along the way because of that and some missed opportunities and, and wasted time. So it's like really that voice that's inside you, it's there for a reason. And you're not crazy. You go do your dream because if you don't, you'll be sitting there at 40, 50, 60, what if, regrets, regrets. And that's no way to live. You know, the name of the show is the story behind her success. You're still a young woman. You just <laughs> had a little boy. Yeah. Life is glowing and it things is. are way in front of you. But what is your definition of success? What does it mean to you? A completeness, satisfaction. It's satisfaction. It doesn't matter what it is because it's intangible. It's different for everybody else. So it's just whatever satisfies you. And you, you wake up and look in the mirror and you go, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I want to thank you so much for being our guest this week on The Story Behind Her Success. The show takes place in Boston. Here we are in Palm Springs. Thank you for <laughs> welcoming us into your life. Yeah, this and is so fun. Best of luck with your incredible you. gig tonight yeah. and with your career. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to The Story Behind Her Success with Candy O'Terry, presented by Boston Women in Media and Entertainment. This is a new series with one goal in mind, to shine the spotlight on women doing great things with their lives. We hope these weekly stories will motivate and inspire you. Connect with Candy anytime on Facebook, Twitter, and her website, CandyOterry.com. That's C-A-N-D-Y-O-T-E-R-R-Y.com. You'll find all of these links in the show notes. What's your story? We'd love to hear it.